0: Y'all, this woman is incredible, as some of you may already know. She's the founder of Simplified, which is a brand of planners and organizational tools for busy women. If you've been following along with me for a while, you know that I am an avid user of the Simplified Planner, and I just love everything that Emily and her team do. One quick note, Emily actually has a new book coming out this November called When Less Becomes More, and I'm so excited for you to get to hear all about it. In this episode, Emily walks us through some super simple steps to help us declutter our schedules, our homes, our social media, and how to make time for the things that are most important to us. Friends, this episode left me feeling totally refreshed and motivated to take charge of my life and my schedule, and I know it'll do the same for you. But before we dive in, I wanted to make sure that you heard the big news. I have a brand new prayer journal coming out next week, and I cannot wait to share it with you. So here's what the prayer journal is all about. Growing up, we're told we should be praying for our future husbands, and it makes sense, right? Dating, finding the right person, committing to them for life, those are not things we wanna attempt without God in our corner. The problem is nobody ever teaches us how to pray for our future husbands. Nobody teaches us how to pray for our single or dating lives either. If you're anything like me, you found yourself wondering, what am I supposed to be praying for exactly? Is there a right way to pray for my future marriage? And if so, what is that right way? Is there anything else I should specifically be praying for? Is there anything else I should be doing now so that I'm ready for marriage when the time comes? What about my life today? How can I grow as a person and in my faith right now so I'm the woman I want to be no matter my relationship status? And how do I make sure I'm setting myself up for an awesome future while still savoring my life in the present? So friends, the truth is I would have loved to have a resource to walk me through all of this, but I could never find one. And that's why I knew I had to make one. Oh, I'm so excited to tell you about this. Okay, so my brand new prayer journal is called Every Single Moment. It's a hundred powerful prayers to help you savor the present and prepare for the future. I wanna read the description to you just to give you a feel for what it's all about. So filled with easy to follow prayer prompts, this beautiful 100-day guided journal will help you cover your future husband and marriage in prayer. But that's just the beginning. Over the course of 100 days, these prayer prompts will help you heal from the past, grow in the present, and find joy, peace, and purpose in your life right now, today. You'll feel connected with God through prayer in a whole new way, leaving you full of joy, alive with hope, and ready for love. Best of all, when you finish the journal, you'll find yourself with a beautiful time capsule keepsake of this chapter of your love story and where God showed up in the midst of it. Every single moment will not only help you pray for your future marriage, it'll help you be ready for it when the time comes, and I seriously cannot wait to get this into your hands. And luckily, I don't have to wait long because it comes out in exactly one week. Friends, on October 28th, if you head to my shop, it's Smeywilsonshop.com. you can grab your very own copy. Oh, I'm so excited to share this with you. All right, with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here is my conversation with Emily. All right, friends, I'm so excited for this week's episode, I'm sitting here with my new friend, Emily Lay. And I just have to tell y'all, I have been such a fan of Emily's for so long. And so it's such an honor to have her on the show. And I just love getting to share with y'all things that I love and people I love. And so I feel like I'm getting to make a connection here where it's like, guys, <laughs> Emily, Emily, these are the girls. You're going to love each other. There we go. So <laughs> Emily, thank you for women who don't know you yet. Can you tell us who you are, what you do and a fun fact about yourself? Okay. Absolutely. Um, Well,
1: I'm Emily Lay, and I am the creator of The Simplified Planner, which has grown into an entire brand of products that help women um, organize their lives and simplify all the things that we have going on. I'm also a mom to three kids, so I have an eight-year-old little boy and then four-year-old twins, a boy and a girl, Brady, Tyler, and Caroline. And I'm also an author, so I've written a couple books, and we live in Pensacola, Florida. And okay. Fun fact about myself. I had to think about this one a little bit. My first answer was going to be, well, I have two babies who are the same age because that is fun in and of itself.
0: Yes. That is definitely (laughs) fun.
1: (laughs) But here's one that not a lot of people know. When I I was in high school, I was in color guard And my school, it was like the thing to do in my school. And so I can throw a wooden rifle above my head and have it spin like five times and catch it. And we were actually world champ. Like, I think we placed, was it fifth? It was like fifth in the world my junior year. We competed internationally. So I have, like, I can get out in the backyard with a rifle and show you
0: a thing or two. That is um, <laughs> that last sentence. Like, is sounds like a tad concerning. Like, really cool or like, what? What's gonna happen? Don't no worry, it's
1: wooden. <laughs> yes, it's wooden. And i can do it with a sword, so I can do it with a saber. It's so funny. My team. I have a team of eight women who all work with me, and they came to visit a couple of months ago. And one of them knew this about me, and she was like, "Go, go get it! Like, we want to see you do it. We don't believe you can do it." And I was like, "Don't." Don't try me. Like, I will do it. Got out in the backyard, and sure enough, it took me a minute, and it came right back.
0: (laughs) That is amazing. That is amazing. I'm so glad to know that about you. Um, I was on the dance team in high school and it was the same thing where it was like a really huge deal. We looked like cheerleaders. Our our outfits were exactly the same, um, yeah. but we were dancers and it was like hardcore, like 2 day practices all summer, 11-month season. Like we did great at nationals. and But it's the kind of thing where my husband has never really seen me dance. And so he kind of doesn't, I mean, other than like at weddings, but he kind of doesn't believe I can. And I'm like, <laughs> one of these days, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna get my uniform, and I'm gonna show you what I, I can love do. It. <laughs> you totally should. It's so
1: funny. I think, and I honestly, I don't talk about that part of my life very much, but i a lot of who I am today came from being involved in that. Like I, we practiced forty hours a week. We were super competitive. like it I think it made me have the drive to take our company where it's gone and to do some of the things I've gotten to do. Um, But
0: yeah, what a fun question. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, I was having that conversation just the other day where I think like I was kind of a, a wimp and, and my work ethic wasn't what it is today before that. And I got in a situation where we were, you know, had to work so hard and had to put in so many hours and you couldn't just make excuses or decide you didn't want to go. And, and it really taught me this work ethic. I love hearing you say that. I, I totally relate to that. That's awesome. Um. Okay. So Emily, you you do so much, and um so much of what you do centers around this idea of simplicity. And so I would love to hear your backstory when it comes to living a simplified life. Like, why did you become so passionate about this way of living?
1: Well, there's like the short answer, and there's the long answer. I think the short answer is because I'm my mother's child. Um, she just always lived this way and still does. I mean, she just, she came to my house yesterday because we were having a photo shoot, and she was coming to help out a little bit. And she, I found her in the kitchen, and I was like, Mom, do you need something? And she said, No, I'm reorganizing your silverware because you have it all wrong. <laughs> so, and by the way, with the most love and grace and humor in the world, yes. but also like, why are you in my silverware drawer? She taught me everything. And as a child, I can remember someone saying to my mom, why do you teach Emily how to clean her room? Like, why do you do it with her? Why do you teach her how to organize things? And my mom said, because you're not born knowing that. Like, you, It's a, it's a learned skill. And it's a trait that I want her to have as she gets older because life's going to be busy and things are going to happen. And she's going to need to know how to organize and simplify it to make it all make sense when she can't really control the rest of the world. So that was the, the shorter answer. The longer version is that I just kind of grew up that way. I've always been passionate about organizing. It's something that I like to do in my free time. And I love looking at a situation that's complicated and saying, how can we make this easier? And that's why I don't think I I was made for the job I had fresh out of college. I was 23 years old with a master's degree in nonprofit management, and I got a job as the executive director of the City Ballet, which was great. I had to be like the only woman in a boardroom many times in the only girl or the only person under the age of 30 like in a rotary club but i just constantly kept saying like what in the world why are we doing things in such a complicated way and i carried that with me until i reached the point where i knew we wanted to start a family and i said i'm going to see if i can take my creative abilities and kind of create a company where, you know, I started off doing weddings and branding and anything I could do to earn an income to, you know, eventually transition from that full-time job. And when my son was born, um, that was when I just found myself really overwhelmed. And I was in that place where I remember my mom saying, you're going to need these skills. And I thought, I can't find anything to help me keep my life together. And so... I just took a binder and some notebook paper and I made a planner that was simple, not overwhelming. And it was born. And it's gone through so many transitions over the years. And it's just been so cool to see women in all different seasons of life kind of take this product and make it their own. The coolest thing about our company and the brand and all that is that it used to be all about Emily Lay in her guest room. It was called my, It was called Emily Lay back, you know, a few years ago. And now it's not about me at all. Like, it's so much about all of these users, this amazing community of simplified sisterhood, we call it. Um, it's just really, really cool what's happened to it the past couple of years.
0: I love that. And you guys listening, I truly, if you've seen a photo of me at some point, um, or a photo of like my workstation, you have seen Emily's planners because I've been a simplified planner user for years. And my whole, um, I, uh, I was just talking to my mom about this. I never work. I have an office, but I never work in it. I am always a couch worker and all the things mm-hmm. that I need to, to get my job done are my laptop, a little bag of pencils. Like I have a little pencil bag and my simplified planner. And if I have I those it. three things, then I feel like I can take on the world. And and like breathe, um, and yeah. so if anyone else is a paper planer user, like we'll link to it in the show notes so that you guys can join the sisterhood. Because oh, I feel like I love hearing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the big big cheerleader for it. That's awesome. Love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, So so you have you mentioned that you're an author, um, mm-hmm. and you have some awesome books, and you actually have a new one coming out like really soon. Um, yeah. It's called When Less Becomes More. Can you yeah. like tell us about the book? Tell us the backstory for the book.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's a funny story. I wrote Grace Not Perfection, my first book. And then I wrote A Simplified Life, my second book. And my publisher was like, We're just loving this. We're loving you. We want you to write two more. So, uh, you know, book three, book number three came around and I, it was time for me to write. And I went to my husband and I cried and I said, I, d- I don't. Like I have no story. I am so overwhelmed. Business was just so busy. Three kids under the age of eight, so busy. They were seven, under the age of seven at the time, so busy. And I just I couldn't get my brain right. I had so many things going on. And I just felt like I couldn't focus. And I didn't know what... I don't know. I was a mess. And I just laid it all at to him. And he said... Emily like listen to you 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 write about what you live and look at what you're living it's not simplified number 1 <laughs> and it's it's messy and like you're you need to tell that story and I looked at him and I was like that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard like this is a disaster this is not a story this is a disaster and he said no like you need to go and you need to lean into that and I gave myself a couple of days to just kind of sit with that idea and then it was new year's eve Literally the day before New Year's Day, I text my whole team and I said, "Guys, I'm gonna quit for 30 days. Like everything. Like no more team meetings, no more email, no more anything. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in the mess that I feel like I'm in right now, and I'm gonna sort through it." And they were like, <laughs> "They should have been like what?" <laughs> and they were like, "Yes, like you." Absolutely like go and do this and we'll take care of, you know, your Instagram account and your the things that have to keep running. Right. And I and I did. I I unplugged. I took all the social media apps off my phone. I just, I just took everything away and I decided, because I know we all can't take 30 days off of life, right? I decided I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a book and I'm gonna dig into like why in the world we're all so overwhelmed. All of us, no matter what season we're in, whether we are fresh out of college or we're a high school girl or we're a mom whose four kids left the nest and we're in our 60s what you know or an you know newly married with no kids no matter what season you're in we all hit these places where we're like i am so burned out and i'm afraid to talk about it because it's not pretty to say that you feel empty and it's not it's not pretty to or popular to use words like burned out when in fact we have a lot to be grateful for it's just messy, and uh, it's just I felt very ugly about feeling that way, about being the leader of a company called Simplified when I felt like my life was a disaster and i and I just took those thirty days and I would just wrote and this story just poured out of me like i don't even i don't need, one day I had nothing to say the next day i I couldn't stop, and I actually wrote too many words I had to cut back, <laughs> but I dug into this idea that. Less can truly be more that we don't have to live the way the world is telling us to live. We don't have to constantly live our lives with our hair on fire. We we feel like we have to keep up and we have to compare and we have to... There's just so much coming at us. Noise, information, notifications, email, technology, just all the things coming at us. And I I honestly, after writing this book and living through this and coming out the other side... I don't believe we were made to live this way. I don't believe that our world, the way it is today, is maybe what it was intended to be. You know, for instance, you're on Facebook, right? And you're scrolling on Facebook. And how often do we do that during the day? Scrolling on Facebook. Okay. Yes. We all talk about like social media can be too much and we need to, you know, cut back. But think about what happens when you're actually using it. In a matter of a few seconds and the flick of a finger, you go from your second cousin's bat mitzvah to how to throw a gender reveal party to the best way to roast Brussels sprouts to like thing after thing after thing. And like our brains are just flittering and flittering and flittering. And so a lot of times, yes, we know that we need to simplify our schedules. We know that we need to, you know, do a good job meal planning and that sort of thing. But like there are things running underneath those important and valid Simplifying ways of life, there are things running underneath all of that that are deep and hard, and we have to untangle ourselves. And if our brains are constantly flittering from one thing to the next, what's happening to us? You know Are we able to focus on the things that truly matter? And so I just, in 224 pages, like dug into the idea that less can mean that we live a life that is full, more full of the good stuff the stuff that like actually matters.
0: I love that so much. And the Facebook example is such a good one. And you know, the, all those things are even positive things. You know, a lot of times we get on Facebook and we scroll and see, find out that, you know, our friend from high school has like wildly different Uh, political views than we do and is like, you know, sharing them in a way that's kind of offensive to us. And so then all of a sudden we feel kind of offended and upset. And then someone shares an article about how our entire world is falling apart and like everything is, we're just going down. And then, you know, the next thing is you find out that, you know, another girl or, you know, you see five notifications in a row from people who are engaged or pregnant and you're like, all of a sudden you, the world is going down. You know, you can't be friends with this person anymore, or it brings right. up all this anger in you. And then also, you're totally falling behind in life. Yeah, and you need to learn how to make Brussels sprouts this exact way. You know, right. it's just a
1: lot. It's a lot, and it and it stems so far beyond just social media too. That there are two chapters in the in the book about technology, and then another one about social media. But like the way that we rush through our lives, the way that we um, we chase things. Like I, I wrote, it may have been in another book, but I dig into it a lot in this book, this idea of what is it we're all chasing so hard, right? Like, is it okay to raise children who are kind and inclusive and thoughtful and hardworking? Or do we need to raise the valedictorian? Is that—is that our goal? Can we all... Is it okay to want good, not great, is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know, I think so often we feel like in order to be successful or happy or any of those things, we have to be pushing for this giant gold star. And what if we all gave ourselves the grace and the gratitude to say, I'm going to go after good. And like, that's okay. That's actually when we realize that good is pretty great, you know?
0: Mm. That's, there's so much in that. That's when we realized that yeah. that was pretty great. And, yeah. you know, I think the thing that happens a lot of times when you said, you know, what are we chasing? I feel like when you catch the thing you've been chasing, it, it moves like it, all of absolutely. a sudden you lose that weight that you've been dying to lose. And then all of a sudden yeah. you are just as dissatisfied with your body, even though you're that many pounds you know, lighter. So true. Or like you make that much more money, you get that raise. And then all of a sudden, I mean, you're still scared about, you know, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Or am, is this going to be enough? Or I should be pushing further. It's just mm-hmm. like the benchmarks keep moving. They never, they they're so frustrating in, in that way. They never satisfy us the way that we think they're going to. I love that you said that because I,
1: there's a, there's a place in the book where we talk about I, I have found myself my most dissatisfied with life when I'm in the wait. So I'm in the wait to get engaged or I'm in the wait to, you know, finally have the wedding or I'm in the wait to have our first baby or our second baby or a third baby. You know, you're in the, I was in the wait to move home. I wanted to move home to Pensacola for so long. And when I, when I look back now, at the ripe old age of 36 and I look at all of the transitions that I've gone through and the things Brian and I have done together, I see that I was unhappy in a lot of the weight and what happens just like you said, you get to that thing, you have your first child or you, you know, you finally get married and you are like, okay, but this isn't enough. I have to push on to the next thing. And that's good. Like growth is good and moving forward and pushing hard is good. It's very good. But man, what we lose when we don't just pause and look around and think like, this is actually pretty good, you know?
0: I love that. And I think, you know, so I'm going to try to tell this story quickly, but the year after I graduated from college, I went on an 11 month mission trip around the world, um, which is awesome. And it's something, I mean... I'm a huge traveler. It's just the cry of my heart. And so it was a dream come true to get to do that. Well, about halfway through, I find myself sitting there at breakfast thinking about all the food back home that I miss. Mm -hmm. And like when you're in the middle of really rural, central Africa, like, of course, you know, it would be really nice to be able to eat kind of whatever you want. But I caught myself like going down that road and then going down that road a little bit more and thinking about how great things will be once I get home. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that I honestly, I feel like God, like, like, you know, put a hand on my forehead and just was like, stop for a second, mm-hmm. because I was able to see just for a, a second. I just had this glimpse of what was going to happen if I didn't stop thinking that way. Yeah. Like when I get home, one, I would have missed this whole year of getting to travel around the world like who gets that opportunity because i was thinking about what was next and then i i could see in that you know brief moment that if i was always thinking about what was next then once i got home my eyes yeah. would still be looking ahead and i'd think okay what's next so i would miss the sweetness of coming home from this really big trip and you know i started to kind of play that out like okay you know, my life will be so much better when I meet this guy. Okay, well, but then once I meet him, that won't be satisfying. So I'll miss out on the like full sweetness of getting to fall in love with this person I've been waiting for Mm -hmm. forever. And because I'm looking at engagement, well, then when engagement Mm -hmm. comes, I still won't be satisfied. And I just got to like realize in that moment and then really got to practice the fact that when we can be, when we can like just be where our feet are, Mm -hmm. we learn all the lessons God has for us. We Amen. get to interact yeah. with him. We get to grow in the ways he has for us. And we get to really soak every bit of that season in so that when we get to the next one, we're practiced at that. And so we mm-hmm. get to actually savor all of the good things every season has instead of it. missing out on them. It's so true. It's so true. I think the biggest season for
1: me where I I missed some things was when we were newlyweds and we I just wanted a baby so badly. And we struggled with infertility for all of our kids. but that first, that first baby, man, I, we just went right for it and it didn't happen. And it was really, really, really hard. And I think I'm, I think we missed some of that early newlywed, you know, those moments because we just ran right to it. So I, I, you know, I look back at things and I, I wouldn't change a thing, but, but I know that I have the chance now to say, I have little kids. I have this this company that can really dig into this idea. And now's the time to make changes, you know, to look at life and say, I don't want to look back at my life and think I rushed all the way through it, or that I overcommitted to everything, or that I allowed all of the noise of the world to drown out what really mattered. One random thing that we talk about in the book that I always think about it's one of the most important stories, I think, in the book. And it's about the way that. We sometimes will take the path of least resistance. We, in our efforts to simplify or organize things, a lot of times we'll say, "Okay, you know, this modern convenience has been created, and so I'm going to say yes to it, reactively, not proactively. We're going to say yes to it because it makes life easier, and life is busy. So let's just keep, you know, adding these things to make it make it better." And when I was a little girl, my mom would take me to the bookmobile. So the bookmobile was an effort that was created by uh, our public library here in Pensacola and it was an old RV and they had turned it into a mobile library and they filled it full of children's books and they would take it to the Kmart parking lot by our house and they would park the bookmobile and if you saw it, you never knew when it was coming. When you saw it, you knew it's time to go. So my mom would take me and we would go in there and it was a tiny thing, but it had a little beanbag chair and I would sit in the beanbag chair I would look through the old books and like the smell of the books and the pages and like choosing my three that I was allowed to take home. And I would choose, I would carefully choose my three books. And then my mom would take me home and I would race to the backyard to like sit outside and I would read my books and then, you know, want to be done in time to go back and, you know, before they moved it. And what do I do now when my kids would like a book? I pull up my phone and I hit one click buy on Amazon and it comes the next day. Something is being missed when we opt for the path of least resistance. And it like shakes me to my core every time I think about that because I am doing it all over the place.
0: Mm. I feel like I could sit on that and and (laughs) (laughs) we're all going to have to just like pause and think and reflect. I thank you for sharing that. I'm really glad you did. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you're loving this conversation with Emily. Isn't she so great? I wanted to pop in for one quick second because our show would not be possible without our sponsors. And I wanted to take a quick second to thank the company sponsoring us today. Our sponsor today is a company that I just love. It's HelloFresh. Now, I know that lots of you guys have heard about them, but just in case you haven't, HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. I love that. Now, some of you guys may already know this about me, but I'm not the best cook. When Carla and I got married, I could cook mac and cheese and pasta, and that's literally it. I've definitely gotten better, but I still don't love meal planning or cooking. It's just not my thing. But that's why I love HelloFresh. First of all, with HelloFresh, there's something for everyone. From family recipes to vegetarian meals and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft burgers. You can even add extra sides to your weekly order like garlic bread and cookie dough. Our last HelloFresh meal was these prosciutto caprese sandwiches with pesto mayo, and they were incredible. Seriously, I can't stop thinking about them. Not only is the food great, but the process of making it is so easy. All the ingredients come pre-measured in handy labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go with which recipes. The recipes only take 30 minutes and they are super easy to make. And I'm telling you, I'm a beginner in the kitchen and even I can cook these recipes. They're so simple and they come outlined on pictured step-by-step instruction cards. They walk you all the way through the whole thing and it actually kind of feels like a cooking lesson. HelloFresh actually makes cooking fun. I love that, and I love that I get to spend way less time meal planning and grocery shopping, and way more time around the table with people I love. So good, right? And of course, I love HelloFresh even more because they wanna give you a promo code for $80 off. That's like receiving eight meals for free. Isn't that amazing? I will always take free food. So for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com slash girlsnight80 and enter girlsnight80. Again, for a total of $80 off, your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com/girlsnight80 and enter Girls Night Eighty. HelloFresh, thank you so much for sponsoring our Girls Night. We just love having you. Okay, now without any further ado, let's jump back into my conversation with Emily. So, you know, as we're talking about simplifying and making space for the things that are most important and clearing away the things that aren't, um, I want to talk about just a couple of our areas of life. Cause I know one thing I love about you and the work that you do is that it's so practical and that you're like, listen, this is not big ideas. It is big ideas sometimes, but then we're going to drill down and like, one thing I, I know that you say is if you're organizing something, don't go to the container store and buy all the things. Yeah. Terrible first. idea. <laughs> That's like <laughs> blast. First, yes. get rid of some things and figure out yeah. what you actually have. And so just, I, I know that you're super practical that way. And so I want to ask you first, really about our schedules. Yeah. And I know that no matter what season of life we're in, so many of us are just battling with our schedules, feeling overcommitted and overwhelmed and stressed out. And so what are some practical things we can do? Yeah. As we look at our days and our weeks and our months to to really like say yes to the right number of things and 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 really keep our schedules open enough to be able yeah. to experience the best parts of life.
1: Such a good question. You know, I I think that superficially we can say, okay, you know, you have to make sure that you're not overcommitting and say yes to the things that are important to you, but like really, really getting a hold of your schedule and really understanding and properly managing time, which is our most valuable resource, it takes some real work. Like I think it takes a lot of hard work. And that's why with the simplified planners, we have um, the simplified prep work in the front. And it's these worksheets to get you thinking about like, what are you actually committing to? And are you committing to these things out of obligation? Are you committing out of fear, you know, of not being included? Or or are you committing because it's the way you want to live your life? And I, I think what it comes down to is you have to put the planner down, put the iCal down, walk away for a little while, get quiet, and answer the question, what does the good life look like to you? You know, does it look like you know, lunch dates with friends all the time? Or does it look like traveling a lot? Or does it look like, you know, working in a great company or solo working? You have to go back to the basics and give yourself permission to question everything and to say, what is it that I want my life to look like right now? Like, yes, you can ask yourself that question. What do I want to look back at my life and say that I did, you know, when I'm 80? But but what about right now at 15, 25, 35, 45, however, old you are, what do you want your life to look like right now? And what kind of margin do you want to have in your life? Do you want to have days with nothing to do? I do. I love Mm -hmm. those days. That's when I just recharge and get the most done probably. But what do you want it to look like? And then once you've made up your mind about like, this is the standard, this is the life we want to create, this is the life we want to have, then go back to your schedule and just take inventory and say what am I saying yes to? And what am I going to say no to? But you can't do that yes or no thing. You can't do that tactical part until you have done the heart work of like, where am I coming from with these decisions? And what is it that I'm after anyway? One thing for me, I'll give you a practical example. My kids are in preschool, my, tw- my twins, and then my oldest is in third grade. And I can't believe he's in third grade. That's weird. <laughs> Um, but that's all there. And I, my husband and I have said that even though I'm running this company and I'm writing these books, I want the flexibility to be the classroom volunteer to help teach Sunday school, to do those kinds of things, to get involved in our community a little bit now that we've moved home. And so knowing that and knowing what it is that I want, I looked at my schedule and decided I'm not working on Fridays. And for somebody running a company of this size and writing books and doing the things that I do, that might sound crazy. But like, says who? You know, if I have the flexibility to do that and the ownership of my role to do that, then I'm then that's what I've put into place. Does it mean that I work at night sometimes? Yes. Does it mean that on Saturdays during nap time I'm working? You betcha. But that's the life that I want to have. And so I carve out the time to make it happen. And I think it's also easy to hear that story like that and to say, well that's great but like i'm not an entrepreneur i don't have that kind of flexibility i don't have that kind of ownership but where you are no matter your situation if you give yourself permission to slow down and think it through i bet you there are a lot of ways that you do actually have ownership it may not mean you know not working on fridays but it may mean you know taking your lunch hour to go and take a yoga class or you know, carving out some time to have coffee with a girlfriend once a week or doing the things that fill you up and making your schedule look like the way you want it to look.
0: I I love the word ownership. You know, it's, I think so often we just are kind of walking through our lives, letting other people dictate what should be important to us. And it's Mm -hmm. in big ways and small ways. It's, you know, like can you do me this favor or take on this extra project that's totally optional, but you're going to mm-hmm. say yes because you want to make me happy. You know, it's it's saying yes to requests like that yeah. um, and letting people put things like that on us. And it's also big things like you should want uh, to travel. If you don't want to travel, yeah. if that's not part of what the good life looks like to you, yeah. then use your time and your money and your freedom elsewhere. You know, yeah. I, I love the, I, I love when you said it says who, like we right. get to says who 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 yeah why why are we allowing someone else to to tell us what life should look like we get to so true choose mm-hmm. i love that um you know another thing that I think can feel really chaotic in our lives is our homes and our space. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, when when my insides feel chaotic, my outsides get more chaotic. And then <laughs> when my outsides get more chaotic, then my insides get more chaotic. And I just really believe that there's this strong connection between our spaces and our insides. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I know that you share that. And so this is one of my favorite things that you talk about and do. Um, I know that you do a Ruthless Declutter Challenge. Yeah, and so I, I would just love to hear like, as we are trying to create space in our lives for the good life, how do yeah. we do that in our spaces also? Mm,
1: that's so good. This new book that's that's coming out, there's a special edition at Target and it has a special like Chapter at the end called The Keeping of Home. And it's about this fairy thing. And there's there's content in the book, actually, a chapter
0: about this too. But okay, that sentence is so cool. Just I mean, (laughs) that's yeah, there's a special section in my book at Target that talks about (laughs) this. That's so cool. (laughs) What is this life? I don't even know. It's so good. I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. So the special chapter.
1: Yes, there's a special chapter. But you know, I am just such a believer that. Physical clutter is mental clutter, just like you said. And it's cyclical. If it's if it's cluttered in your house, it's probably cluttered in your head. And if it's cluttered in your head, it's probably cluttered in your house. And it just requires us to really pump the brakes and say, I'm gonna give myself an hour, or I'm gonna give myself a day or a week to or a month, however <laughs> long you need, um, to really just dig in and get rid of all the extra, you know, all the noise, all the all the stuff that's happening in our homes. And especially because home, what happens inside the four walls of your house, you can't control a lot of what happens outside of it. You can control a lot about what happens inside of it. Whether you are in a giant house, a tiny house, apartment, whatever, you, dorm room, like you could control this. And I think it just starts with tactically going around your house with like a trash bag and a donate bag and just clearing the clutter. As much as that is a physical exercise where you are physically taking things and saying, I'm going to say, you know, thank you very much for being in my house. Now you're gone. Um, As much as that's a physical thing, it's very much a mental game too. And so I always encourage people. Yes, we do this Ruthless Declutter Challenge every year in the spring. I always encourage people to start with that simple task. Take two trash bags throughout your house, a donate bag and a trash bag and start filling them up. And it will get your brain into that place of, okay, like I can do this. I don't have to hang on to these things. There are other people who could use them or I can get rid of them. And honestly, it is the fastest, easiest way to give yourself a fresh start. Even if you're not feeling it mentally, if you're craving a fresh start and you're like, I don't even know where to begin with my life. It is just so, there's so much going on. Doing it in your home, Saying yes to some things and no to others will set you up and give you the fresh start you need physically to do it in your life to do it mentally. so
0: yeah, uh, it, uh, the yes and the no thing that's so like it's it's easier, it's so hard, which I want to ask you about in a sec, but it's it's easier to say, Is there room for this lamp in my life, or is there not room for this lamp in my life? That's an easier yes or no. Question. And when we can practice doing that, like that's something I've really discovered in decluttering my house is that the more I can say like no to this sweater, that that practice of deciding what there's space for in my life makes it so much easier to say, I don't have the margin to commit to this. Like a no practicing no really is helpful. So I know though, as people are going through their homes that there are things, I mean, there's some things that are just obviously trash or obviously, yeah. you know, get rid of. But I think depending on sort of our threshold of, you know, how much clutter we can take. Yeah. For some of us, you know, we're looking around and we don't know what to get rid of or we have a, we're having a hard time deciding if something should stay or go. Do you have like a filter for that? Yeah. Well, I think I, it's twofold. Number one,
1: if there's something that you're not sure about, maybe put it away and see if you miss it. If it's something that you think like, oh, i I really, you know, have a regret about that or whatever, you know, pull that out, tuck it under a bed or somewhere where you don't see it. I do that with, with clothes a lot. Like if I if I know that this is not something I'm going to wear, I have a basket in my closet and I'll put things in there for, you know, my kids' things and my things. And I let them sit there for a couple of weeks usually just in case there's, you know, why did I do that? I'm going to get it back out. But also, you have to go into the mindset, not just that you're clearing your clutter and making your house look nice and getting rid of the excess. You're going into it you're, because you are going to simplify your days. So, like, you are not cleaning your closet just to make it look pretty for an Instagram photo. You are cleaning your closet out and getting down to what makes your body, what makes you feel good in your actual body right this minute. You're getting rid of the feelings you have every morning where you're like, I used to fit in these jeans and now I don't fit in these jeans and you don't need those jeans, you know? Get rid of those. And, you know, I think we also live in this culture of like, we feel like we have to have a whole lot, a whole lot of things because it's like safety or something. When you get, when you remove all the excess, your daily decisions are easier. Getting dressed is easier. There are less there's less negative talk when you have things that fit you that make you feel good. Same can be said for like your kitchen drawers and kitchen cabinets. You go in there and you're looking for an ice cream scoop and you don't have 45 carrot peelers sitting there. The one that your mom gave you, the one that was on your wedding registry, the one that you bought at Target because it had gold on
0: it. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do, uh, I do. <laughs> everyone's like, Emily's busy yep. my drawers. <laughs> I know, I know.
1: Um, and you have the one that is the best, the favorite, or the necessary. And so that's the filter for me. Like, is it the be- the best one? If you have two carrot peelers, is it you know choose the best one or the favorite one or the necessary one? And and same can be said for any kind of heirloom or something that was given or gifted to you. Is it is it the best, favorite, necessary? And you don't need all that other stuff.
0: Mm it this practice has been so game changing for me it's I just like i feel like my daily life is easier and better and happier because of it and and it's little things it's like you know i think in some ways you know we've talked about how this practice does something in our hearts and yep. and it's in some ways we can explain it and in some ways it's like you can't really explain it yeah. so there's there's some deep stuff that goes along with it but then also like the simple joys of life, I think, are able to rise to the surface more when when the things around us are our favorites. And it's, you know, everything from getting rid of that, like, kind of ratty blanket that sits on your couch and replacing it with one that, like, just makes you sigh with joy every time you wrap up in it because it feels so good. Like there are blankets oh. that feel that good. Yes, there are. They're called Torrance Blankets. Like I'm going to give you a,
1: a product to link to. Okay. It's called Torrance Blankets. It's T-O-U-R-R-A-N-C-E. It was Oprah's favorite thing one year. And I kid you not, it's the blanket that will make you feel the joy.
0: <laughs> there are okay. We, <laughs> we are a hundred percent going to link to that in the show notes. <laughs> That is amazing. That is watch so their good. because they go on sale on black Friday. So keep your eyes. Oh peeled. my gosh. Okay. And we all just set it like mentally set aside money for that. That's amazing. But truly like when we, when we're intentional with the things around us, like my yeah. coffee mugs bring me joy and my, I don't know, the chair I sit in to have my quiet time in the morning brings me joy. And it's, it's because I'm not sitting in the chair that's uncomfortable or, you know, itchy or whatever. It's because we're making the space around us a space we want to actually be in. And it just really makes a difference.
1: So true. It's just like you said with mugs. Like, okay, so you have mugs make you happy in the morning with your coffee. And so you have three favorite mugs and you don't have 15 extra mugs like hanging out around those three favorite. You don't need those because you're not drinking 15 cups of coffee at the same time. So having just those three,
0: it makes your decision making easier. It's easier to find things. Yeah. You're not like trying to jam, like get it out from the back of the cabinet, yes. and being frustrated when something falls out, or uh, right. yes, and suddenly you have so much more space, you know. Oh, yes, yeah. breathing room, breathing, breathing room. room, and it just—I think having breathing room in your space just makes some breathing room in your soul. So true. That's so, not in the Bible, but I feel like it should it's, be. <laughs> it's in yes, it's in the <laughs> Stephanie and Emily translation of the Bible. I love it. <laughs> um. So. You know, you mentioned this a little bit ago with Facebook and social media, and I just would love to hear, like, give us some practical tools for that because it really is such, it, it really is such a problem. Like we can open our phones and all of a sudden be blind. And usually I think we're blindsided by something we didn't, you know, think we were going to see. And it, it really yeah. has such an impact on our days and our lives. And I just would love to hear like any tips you have for that. One of my weird experiences with Facebook in particular was that I would
1: experience what I later learned was called compassion fatigue. And it's this thing where we all know our triggers. We all know our things that make us worried or kind of send us into a little bit of a worry spiral. For me, it's sick people sick children especially i start to worry about my own children and i borrow i borrow the unfortunate awful worries of other people onto myself like in a really big way and i had to learn that it was okay to see something say a prayer for that whomever and hide it and that i could filter my feed that i was not a bad person for filtering my feed for guarding my heart because it's the wellspring of life I felt very bad about the decision to do that the first time I did it. And then I thought of that verse and I thought, I have to guard my heart because who knows what will come into my life at one point or or someone close to me. I need to be able to see those things, say a prayer and move from those things because they absolutely would send me into a little bit of a spiral. And I, I had this conversation with one of my best friends who... Uh, we were talking about infertility. And I was like, I have so many friends who are young who are not married, who have not yet tried to have a child, but are very concerned they're going to be, they're going to suffer from infertility. Why is this happening? And she said, because it's it's everywhere. We're seeing it everywhere on social media. And it's, in one sense, it's great because people know they're not alone. But in another sense, we're borrowing worry and concern and like just so much from other people that, In, you know, many years ago, you didn't hear about these stories unless it was told to you from a friend. You didn't read about it in the newspaper until like a few days after something happened. So I just had to get to a place where I said, it's okay, you can guard your heart in that way. And I... Who knows if that verse in the Bible was intended for social media, but if it was, I'm sure it was intended for a lot of things, but I've taken it to that context and said, you can guard your heart. You can also guard your heart with who you follow. You can guard your heart with your friends in real life. You don't have to follow your actual friends on Instagram if you would rather have a relationship with them in person. You can follow someone and mute them and they don't have to know it. You get to take ownership of it because... These are all things adding to our burnout and our overwhelm. And even if we're not yet claiming that we're burned out or overwhelmed, at times we feel it and sometimes we don't want to say it out loud and sometimes we're on the train heading right toward it and we don't realize it. So I think proactively managing social media is so important. Not just letting it happen to you, going in and looking at your following, who you're following, you know unfollow people. I do that probably once a month or so. I'll go in because I'll, I'll randomly like follow whoever is the, the, you know, thing I saw that day. And eventually I'll think, okay, I need to just like filter this a little bit and, and dial it back. And it's honestly made a really big difference.
0: I love that. Yeah. I've experienced the same thing. Like it really is, you know, we should, so we shouldn't do this, <laughs> but yes. I think often we do have our phones in really like intimate, quiet, times in our lives. So yeah. an example is like right before we go to bed or right when we get up, we mm-hmm. should not be on our phones during that time. But I mean, yeah. a lot of the times we are. So and true. when we're looking through Facebook and we're when we're looking through Instagram, we have invited that person or that story into our bed. Yeah. They're like in our bed and, and yeah. we get to decide. And really, I think there are so many things in the world that We can't consume them all and it's not beneficial for us to consume them all. And so we get to choose. And like one of my favorite examples, and I had to learn this the hard way, you know, really, I think I I started learning this in college was following ex-boyfriends on Facebook or Instagram, like I will never forget the feeling of opening up my Facebook and seeing my ex-boyfriend with a girl who I didn't know. And it just popped up on my feed and blindsided me. And before I know it, I'm having a terrible day. I mean, it just, it can, certain things can send you into a spiral. And, you know, I think sometimes we think, well, I I should be following this person or what will it mean if I don't, or what will it do to their relationship if I don't, but like nobody needs to see that. No, No. it it is not good for your heart ever to be blindsided that way. And so unfollowing or muting an ex-boyfriend or, you know, that girl that as much as you're working on it so that you're not comparing yourself to her, you still are like Mm -hmm. in the process, you can mute her or unfollow her. And it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. I love that We question. get to take ownership like, of it. Yep. Yes. Man, ownership is really, I feel like the theme here. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're thinking about these different parts of our lives and wanting to clear away the extra and leave room for the good. Yeah. I know that a lot of that has to do with like being present and gratitude. Can you talk to us through like, what is the heart posture? What What are some things we can do in our day to soak in the good yeah. instead of trying to shove more? In. Yeah, you know, I really think that boils down to
1: removing the noise. Um, I I'll find myself like, for instance, we'll be in the car with my kids after school, and I've just picked them up from school, and all of them have something to say, and you know, one person will be talking, another person's talking, and then I, and I, it occurs to me that the radio's on and it's so like tactical but like me just knowing before i pick the kids up from school to turn the radio off so that i can hear them when they get in the car i mean it's kind of obvious but like not something i've put into practice and now i always make sure when they get into the car i turn the radio off so that i can hear and it it actually affects my attitude their attitudes because they're not competing to be heard and that can be said for anything in our lives. If if our marriage is what we want to savor and really enjoy right now, then we need to turn down the noise, you know, the proverbial noise on the other things that are causing your marriage to compete for its attention, right? And so it just comes back to that thing of saying like what do I want the good life to look like and what what is it that's most important to me right now in this season? And then giving that thing its place to shine. And to do that, we just have to turn down the brightness, the noise, the distractions. And um, tactically, it's actually a lot easier than we think.
0: I love that. So last but seriously, not least, if there are women sitting here listening, which I know there are, that are feeling stressed out or overwhelmed or burned out, do you yeah. have just any like, last words of encouragement for them? Yeah. Take a nap. Not even <laughs> kidding. Take a nap. Like
1: it's, it's, it's not, it's not as complicated as we often think. Sometimes we think like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. I need to move houses. <laughs> I'm over. I need a new outfit or like a haircut or just, I don't know. I need something really, really big to make me feel new again. And what do we know about our devices, our phones? If you unplug them... And you turn them off and you turn them back on. More than likely, they'll be working right again. And what we don't give ourselves is the opportunity to unplug, to take a nap, to go for a walk outside without our phones, You know, to do things that fill our wells. If we look at ourselves as, as women who are pouring out onto other people, be it our spouses, our children, our communities, our work, we are constantly pouring out. And if we're not pouring in unplugging, taking a rest, that kind of thing, we're not going to be pouring out anything good, you know? So give yourself time. Just give yourself time to like set an alarm and go lay down for 15 minutes and close your eyes and take a rest.
0: I love that. Emily, thank you so much for being on the show today. Of course! Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. You guys, isn't Emily amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation and I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you wanna find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. And for every episode, we have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Emily's contact info so you guys can follow her and see so y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, It would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all. You've left the sweetest comments. I can't tell you how much it means to me. And it also helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please just take one quick second to leave a rating and a review. Thank you so much. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls' Night, and you are going to love this one. See you then.